Hey everybody. Hey everybody. The Parkies Podcast is back, guys. I hope you missed me. I mean, if not, I mean, no big deal. Um, totally fine. But, but yeah, we're back. We're doing episodes again. Um, I had predicted way back in my last episode, which was like way back in June, um, that I didn't know when I would be putting out other episodes or when or if I would be restarting the podcast. I did have some people comment saying they missed it. They wanted more episodes, wanted to hear some more. Um, but like I said, I don't know when, uh, I would be putting out more episodes or if I would be starting it back up or maintaining the podcast just because I was going into the summer. I knew it was going to be busy and I was busy. Um, I did have a great summer despite all the COVID craziness. Um, I was still working a good bit. I was doing my extracurricular activities, hanging out with friends, going to church. Um, I got to go out to... Montana and visit some friends and visit Glacier again, uh, my true home. So that was really great. And uh, I also entered into a relationship with a lovely and beautiful gal whom I am very proud to call my girlfriend. And she's great. She's awesome. She keeps me sane, keeps me grounded. And we had a lot of fun together over the summer and we're still alive and kicking. She's wonderful. And yeah, that's where I'm at. That's what brings me up to this point in life. You know, fall just changed its colors or the colors are changing I should say and fall is here it's getting cold or colder here in Pennsylvania uh, by the day so that's good I'm excited for the change of the seasons but the reason why we're starting up again now is because I had someone reach out to me saying that they missed the podcast they thought it was a great idea they wanted to see it keep going and go bigger so they offered to help out and I'll be honest and say I I had thought about bringing it back, but I didn't make it a priority just because it wasn't something that I wanted to put effort into at the moment. But this person reached out to me saying they wanted to help and we discussed it. We chatted about it and said, you know what? This sounds good. Why don't we just give it a shot again? So that's what we're doing. We're revitalizing and revamping the Parkies podcast in a different way. You guys are going to see it in a whole new way and it's going to be presented in a whole new way. And I'm really excited and that person that reached out to me was a friend of mine. Her name is Allie. Uh, we met through some mutual friends in Glacier, uh, some connecting friend circles, um, as you will. But um, she's going to be helping out on the podcast and co-hosting and helping manage it and interviewing people. It's going to be great. Um, basically, we're going to be tag teaming people. Uh, she'll do some episodes where she uh, interviews people, and then we'll just go back and forth between interviewing people. So you don't have to hear my ugly voice all the time for every episode. So. Uh, there's that so you get to hear from her and it's just gonna open up our friend circles and our our network because you'll get to hear from people she knows and you'll still hear from people that I know and got to know in the parks so yeah definitely really excited about all this so without further ado um, I want to jump into the chat with Allie Um, I figured it'd be best you know if we're going to reintroduce the podcast and you know we want want people to know that you know we're tag teaming this Um, I interviewed her so you can guys can get to know her. Uh, you, we're going to hear a little bit about what we're going to be doing with the podcast um, towards the beginning. But also you're going to hear about Allie's experiences, you know, how she got to the parks, what she's experienced, you know, what her future plans are. So just going to be like an introductory to Allie. So you get to get familiar with her because um, she's going to be doing some episodes in the future. And I can't wait to, you know, get this more frequent. Um, 
we haven't worked out the kinks as far as you know the frequency of the episodes yet it's not going to be every week um just because life is busy um everyone gets that but we're bringing it back and and just in a whole new way i'm super excited for you guys so i'm just gonna shut up stop talking gonna get into the episode so here's my chat with now the co-host of the parkies podcast Allie. Hey, Allie, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Perfect. Yay. I can hear you loud and clear. Beautiful. I think, I think what was happening was I kept looking at my volume and it said it was connected to Bluetooth, but my Bluetooth was off. I was like, okay, so something's definitely wrong with my phone. So like all technology, you turn it off, turn it back on, it works. <laughs> yeah. When you said that, I was like, classic. Yep. Let's just start with the <laughs> basics. Turn it back off. <laughs> It literally solves almost all technology problems. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, how are you doing, Allie? I'm doing well. Just got off work about an hour ago and, yeah, relaxing at home. Yeah. uh, What are you doing for work again? I know we kind of discussed, like, when we caught up a little while ago, just tell everyone what you're doing work-wise. Yeah. So I'm working at the Breckenridge Golf Course in Breckenridge, Colorado right now and then hopefully gonna switch over to work for the nordic center in the winter oh okay okay that's awesome yeah how's uh how's old eli doing (laughs) he's doing good he's working a double today so he was a little cranky about that but he gets tomorrow off so okay pros and cons (laughs) okay okay well thomas said i miss him miss that guy yeah i'll let him know i'll i'll be like eli you should call dalton yeah, I haven't chatted with him in a little while. Um, my the uh, the blonde bombshell says hi. Yes. Okay. Way. What is her name now? <laughs> her her name is Caroline. Uh, Caroline. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for anyone that's listening, I'm referring to uh, my girlfriend, in which um, Allie referred to as the blonde bombshell. I posted on my Instagram, <laughs> um, which she she took very kindly to. She was. Yes. She's like, no one has ever called me that before, and I really like it. I was like, well, I'm going to call you that from now on. So <laughs> kudos to Allie for bringing that term on. Yes, I'm glad she liked it. I, I can keep referring to her as that if she'd like. <laughs> I mean, I think for the purpose of this episode, because I told her we're definitely going to mention it at some point, I feel like that'd be kind of funny. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Allie, you reached out to me a little while ago about redoing the podcast which you know i on my own terms i kind of figured uh or kind of thought about um at one point it'd be nice to start up again but you know still being busy in daily life i didn't see i didn't really make it a priority to to get it set back up or keep doing it so it just kind of fell off the fell off the the waterfall fell into the back burner whatever you want to call it but um (laughs) yeah i'm actually really excited to have you uh, to have you help out um, to be a co-host because I think it's gonna be really nice to not hear my voice hosting but also like just also I know you have a wide circle of friends and a wide um, network from the people you've met in the parks um, so I think it's gonna greatly expand just like who we get to hear from the stories we get to hear and yeah just to keep sharing experiences um, yeah I, we were talking about working on some social media stuff to have a social media presence for the podcast and i think that's gonna be really uh, really cool really beneficial i hope a lot of people will take 
um, take that for they're taking that for advantage um, when we get that up and running to you know either post discussion experiences photos or just just do whatever so yeah i'm really thankful um you reached out um and kind of rekindled the uh the flame for you know just for what i originally intended this podcast to be about and just as far as getting to talk to people i haven't talked to in a while and catch up and just share our park experiences yeah thanks i was i was just pumped that you were willing to go along with it you're like yeah sure I'll start it again. And I was like, yes, you want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, though, to kind of, yeah, get it a more, more of a presence online as well. Yeah, it's going to be, I, I think from what we were talking about, as far as like, the frequency and the schedule, I think it, it works perfectly. Like it's not overbearing, but also it allows us to still have, have something going on, and not like completely forgotten about. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna, I think it's mm-hmm. gonna work out great. Um, so yeah, it's just for anyone that was listening in on that, that's basically what we're talking about is just how, um, Allie here is going to be helping out with the podcast, going to be co-hosting and, um, practically co co-managing it with me. We're just going to tag team it. Um, she's going to do, we're just going to alternate back and forth between episodes where I host one with someone and she'll host and chat with someone else on another one and just kind of do that on a on a frequent basis, um, which is going to be really cool because like I was saying, she's going to have awesome people that I know she's already mentioned a few that she wants to get on the podcast and talk to. So just going to, it's just going to open up our circle a bit more, which is basically what happens in park life. Anyway, your friend circle opens up, you know, so widely with the amount of people that you meet. So um, a lot of backgrounds, a lot of personalities we get to meet. So we'll get to share that even more now, but um, with that kind of, uh, background the way why don't we get into um your background Allie um, I sent over those pre-interview questions for you hopefully I had some time to just look at them and think of anything else you wanted to add but yeah before we get into everything this is let's just tell everyone about you who is Allie yeah um so full name Allison Lionheart I'm from Des Moines Iowa um I kind of my parents always had at least my mom always had an interest in the outdoors. And so she kind of passed that along to her kids. And then um, I went to Yellowstone National Park when I was 19. And that was my first park. And I was like, like, (laughs) my naive little 19 year old mind was blown. And I was like, Oh, my God, like, you can get like, paid to travel more or less. And like, I just thought it was the coolest thing. And so um like during summer breaks and in between like gaps in school, I've um, done various seasonal works around other parks and uh, yeah, I just, I love it. Meeting new people. I love the work hard, play hard um, mindset and yeah, it's the basis of me. <laughs> awesome. And that uh, like kind of just like sprinkled in there. So like you, I know you, um, like you went to college and you recently graduated and like was in the past year, I think you got your degree. Yeah. So I went to Warburg college for my bachelor's and then I actually went to seminary, um, for graduate or graduate school, um, at Emory in Atlanta mm-hmm. and got my master's of divinity, which is super applicable. Um, <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> and so for those of you who don't know a master's of divinity, 
is normally a degree um, a pastor gets, which is why you've probably never heard of it before. And um, I don't necessarily want to be a pastor, but I would like to either teach religion or work, work in the church in some capacity, um, perhaps doing like outdoor work with churches, kind of bridging that gap. But I'm still kind of figuring it out. And when I graduated, I was my main priority was honestly just starting to pay off my loans. And so I figured, you know, might as well get a job doing seasonal work, start paying off my loans and figure it out from there. So, yeah, that's awesome. I remember, um, I knew I, like, I knew your degree was in some way, shape or form, like, like in the religious sector, which is really cool because that's kind of, um, I can't like was, um, for anyone else that has listened to previous episodes, I've talked about, um, a Christian ministry in national parks, ACMMP, um, a few times. That's one, how I got into the parks that I worked at and how I've met other people. Um, was ACMMP what got you, like, like did you go with ACMMP your first summer in a park? Or did you find out about that later and get into it later? Uh, the first one. So a recruiter with ACMMP came to my college, and I was like, this sounds awesome. I mean... I, I was a religion major in undergrad, mm-hmm. and so it related to my major, and I would be in the parks, and <laughs> honestly, um, a lot of, like, church positions like that don't really, well, ACMMP doesn't pay you, but you get a full-time job, and I was like, yeah, I can't do ministry ministry for free, so, like, the fact right. that they got you a full-time job is honestly what got me interested <laughs> in the ministry. I was like, okay, you know, they're not, like, unrealistic about the fact that people need money so yeah I went with them and they sent me off to Yellowstone and so that was my first experience with them and then I did ACMNP in the Grand Canyon and then up at Glacier as well yep, and that's where that's where worlds collided and we met through Joe Coning. good old Joe <laughs> yeah I was actually reminiscing um today that the first time I met you was at the ACMP conference mm-hmm. and it was you Jonathan and Joe and I was like the manly men of many yeah, glacier I think, I, think, you, I think you were the one that kind of coined that term yeah because I, I remember looking at you three and I was like is it just you guys and y'all were like yeah and I was like the manly men many <laughs> like I was like the M's it just it's meant to be yeah I still <laughs> I still like I think the funniest thing about that conference is like um I remember, like, the first night, I, I t- I've told Joe this multiple times, and how, like, um, Dave Degler comes out on the stage, and, like, I just hear this guy in the background, it's like, Dave D, Dave D, I'm like, God, <laughs> that guy's so annoying, turns out it was Joe, uh, <laughs> I'd be working the whole summer with him, and develop just a quote-unquote partnership with him, so, <laughs> but uh, I still laugh about that to this day, because it's just, it's just, like, those those little things that, you know, worlds colliding. Um, I didn't like, even though I had like, we had met at the conference, like we never got a chance to chat. I didn't really, I don't think I spent time with you during that, uh, that summer 2018 in Glacier up until like Joe and I came over to uh, the two medicine area to hike like the Pitamalk and Dawson trail with you. And oh everybody. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was kind of rough just because, well, we did it so fast, which was great, but like I had to go do the hoot nanny like right afterwards. And I was just like, a smelly like sore mess but uh Ooh. yeah 
That honestly, though, that's probably my favorite hiking glacier. Dude, that trail is. I'm so bummed that yeah. like I didn't get, I didn't do it in 2019 when I went back, and then obviously this past, even though I went, uh, I visited Joe and them in July. It, the park was like half the park was closed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, and, and and if I get when, when I do get back there, I shouldn't say if I ever because I'm definitely going back for as long as I <laughs> can. But uh, I'm definitely gonna go back and do that trail. Um, just because it's, I mean, anyone should go do that. It's just, oh my gosh, the views are unbeatable. Yeah. And I, I love like high Alpine hikes. And I mean, I think that's part of the reason I love hiking in Colorado because a lot of the stuff you can get above treeline. I hadn't got that a lot in Glacier until we did Pitamak and Dawson. I just remember being like, okay, I see why people like this park now. (laughs) I get it <laughs> like I'm in the high alpine area with those views yeah. and I was like oh god like it's all coming together yeah, and like yeah. as you mentioned I mean there are maybe some trails where you can get high alpine like official trails but like for the most part you kind of have to go off trail to like summits and peaks to get that higher that high alpine experience which like is definitely worth it every step of the way mm-hmm. yeah Eli always tells me about the scree fields so yeah get to a lot of the summits yeah yeah that's uh scree skiing is a real thing (laughs) yeah i think i did that maybe a couple times not a ton though because i was only there that one summer but yeah yeah um so as far as like so you've worked in yellowstone worked in the grand canyon worked in glacier um and you also have um i know you and eli met at a at a ski resort, wasn't it? You guys met at um, something ranch. I forget the name of it. Yeah. Um, Snow Mountain Ranch. It's a YMCA conference center in Granby, Colorado. And so near Winter Park. So we would downhill ski at Winter Park. Um, yeah. And then I'm in Breckenridge now. And so those, those, I guess, five places are kind of my main spots and experiences i have with seasonal life okay yeah and then i mean as far as i think what i mean one of the best like parts about working in these places is just like the uh diverse like different or the different jobs you can hold in the parks um did you did you have a different role um job wise at each park or did you have like something similar between parks yeah so in the three national parks, I was actually a housekeeper each time, okay. <laughs> and uh, actually in Glacier, which I was there, yeah, 2018, I want to say, <laughs> I told all my coworkers, I was like, yeah, this is my third summer doing housekeeping, and I think I want it to be my last one. <laughs> I really want to be, like, I respect housekeepers, like, I'll do it again in a pinch, but, like, <laughs> I was like, you know, this is... I like my team. I like this hotel. I'm gonna end on this good note. <laughs> I don't think I really want. No, I don't. I don't blame it all there. I mean, I yeah. Much kudos to <clears throat> any housekeeping team anywhere, but like especially, especially in the parks and especially like places like Glacier that are truly seasonal and you know are only open a certain amount of time, and you have, um, you have so many different, um, so many different like types of people coming in to like work these different jobs and. Like you have the J one, a lot of J one students are like are sent into housekeeping, um, one because it's kind of like one of the main roles that needs to be filled, but also like it's just 
<clears throat> it gives them it gives them like just like that real work experience there, and they definitely. I, I like. I've always had nothing but respect for like the housekeeping team that I've worked with um, anywhere I went, just because they truly do great, like do do great work. But they kind of like get the brunt end of the stick as far as like the amount of work they have to do, and just in one room alone. Because I know, like in the Many Glacier Hotel, you have thirty six different room types that all need to be like you know, if you have like ninety percent of the hotel to turn over, like that's a rough day. And like they're doing like fourteen rooms, of like just one person for one, yeah, fourteen rooms per one person. In some cases, probably more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some rooms require like twin sheets and king sheets, mm-hmm. and then you gotta like be running back to the linen closet to get that. Yeah. And yeah, it's. I always tell people, you know, tip your housekeepers. I know, I, I was always a little salty because. I would see how much the bellhops were tipped, and I was like, "Can you leave some for the housekeepers too, please?" Oh my gosh, <laughs> just yeah. a little, especially bit, a especially at like Lake McDonald and <clears throat> or Lake McDonald Lodge and Many Glacier Hotel, where the bellmen have like outfits that like truly everyone adores, and like it kind of like it works in their favor to like get more tips in a way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, which is you know, all kudos to them, but <clears throat> but yeah, I mean. And between between Glacier, Yellowstone, and the Grand Canyon, as far as like your role as a housekeeping role, what what position or like what spot do you think was the busiest or kept you the busiest or just felt kind of like like a lot? Ooh. Well, got to think on that for because I I mean my go to would be like the grand canyon just because one well even though it's a year-round place like it's just the, like it's a tourist hot spot like it's on everyone's bucket list so like naturally there's just gonna be i mean there's like six million plus visitors a year to that place yeah i was i was leaning towards the grand canyon and then i also wanted to share that um the state of arizona as far as i know doesn't require lunch breaks and so the housekeepers we didn't get That's lunch true, breaks they don't yeah, and so um, <laughs> a lot of the times when I was working at the Grand Canyon, my lunch would be a cliff bar in a dirty hotel room, yeah. which kind of makes me sound like a prostitute, but I swear <laughs> everyone, I'm not a prostitute. <laughs> I was a housekeeper. <laughs> um, you heard it here, folks. I, yes, not a prostitute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I think, Honestly, yeah, just like not getting a chance to just sit down and like breathe for a minute and just go, go, go. Yeah. Like that just attitude of the Grand Canyon was probably what made it the toughest. Yeah, I totally make sense. Also, I don't know if anyone is going to hear that voice crack in the recording, but if you do, I mean, by all means, go ahead and laugh at it. Um, <laughs> but um, if it uh, helps you, I didn't hear okay. it. Okay, so. all right, it might, might be good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally forgot about like the lunch break thing in Arizona, and I mean, yeah, like even though we had like, did you get a lunch break? Yeah, we got there. Was it? Was it an hour? Yeah, we got an hour lunch break at the desk, the front desk. That's nice. Um, which was like, I mean, I can't even count how many times I ate like just straight chicken tenders and fries at the ecaf. 
Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I can't, I can't, I, I really can't count. Um, that and like the, the Mazwick wings, Joe and I can like both attest like how often we ate those. Yeah, I'm trying to. Oh, I would have a, a Navajo taco at the Maswick. That was like my go to. I think it's the fry bread taco. Yeah, I mean, way overpriced. <laughs> Even with a discount, it was always way overpriced. So it's like, I mean, luckily, I know like when Joe and I were there, we had our mini fridge and would like try and stock up with some food. I like, I, I used to just make sandwiches in the room and we, we made pasta sides in our room with our jet boils, but. I mean, compared to like other like employee dining rooms or employee cafeterias and other spots, I mean, definitely a greater, greater change. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of like the worst EDR (laughs) I've experienced. Oh, well, okay. Snow Mountain Ranch did not have a great EDR, but the employees and the guests were fed from the same like buffet spot so during weekends the food was better because we had a lot more guests and then during like mud season the food was worse so i mean that that was kind of hit or miss there Um, that's fair yeah but i did see yeah a mouse a couple times in the yellowstone edr (laughs) and i was yeah but I mean, that's probably every EDR I just saw. Well, I mean, there, like, but... yeah, I mean, a lot of these places are very old, like they're old lo- historic lodges, so like they're bound, to, like just, you know, they're they got their nooks and crannies, and it's it's just kind of just the way that it is. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-mm. that's the one thing though. Eli talks about going back to Glacier, and I'm I'm like Eli, I would be interested if it weren't for like I don't want to go back to the EDR. <laughs> Like, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, like, we'll yeah, see. like, I don't want to, like, completely trash talk to, talk to EDR because, like, I think it really largely depends on the cooks. And we did have some good cooks. Um, one cook in particular, Caleb, I think last name, his last name is Ishi or Ish. But, like, if, if, he's, if he's hearing this, kudos to you, Caleb, because everyone, like, just loved when he was, like, in the kitchen cooking stuff up because, like, he, like, generally, like, just put forth so much effort and so much, like, you know, just quality into like what he did and he just he made great stuff um and like it was good to like the nice part about working the many glacier valley is that we could either go to the many glacier edr or the swift current edr depending which one was like you know the, the best for the night so um we kind of just hopped back and forth which is which was always fun but, but yeah i think that's like i think anyone that listens to the podcast or has like just you know the EDR anywhere you go, it's just part of the experience, whether you enjoy it or don't enjoy it. But I mean, like I said, it's all part of the experience and they feed us luckily um, yeah. to sustain us. And we can't really, I, I can't really complain about that. I mean, I can sure I can find pl- things to complain about in that, which I can, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we got food plus like last, I mean, yeah, last summer in 2019, like being a manager, like, I didn't have to pay for the lodging of the food, which is so much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that was a thing. But, yeah, that's a good deal. Because <laughs> then you're just making straight money. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was making straight money. But um, 
since I was since my residency was in Pennsylvania and working in Montana, I had to pay PA state income tax like quarterly, and like that like Ooh. would go up to like four hundred bucks sometimes. Um, so like every quarter, I had to pay out like between like three and four hundred bucks for like income tax. So. <clears throat> What? yeah yeah that's uh that's how state res- residency works i think some states you don't have to do i i, I don't know i was in pennsylvania is just stingy like that and that's what they do wow huh no. i had no idea i don't because my residency is still in iowa i don't think i've had to do that yeah i mean if not the irs so- will come after you but they haven't by now i mean i'd say yeah. you're in the clear <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Because I mean, if they want their money, they'll get it. <laughs> yeah, very true. Oh, man. Very true. Allie, I have to ask like the difficult question here and ask: Out of all three parks, which one was your favorite? Oh gosh. Oh man. Hmm. <sighs> okay. So Yellowstone will always be my first love Mm -hmm. because it was my first park. But the crew, like my ACM and P team at the Grand Canyon was just so solid. Um, You can't really knock that. And then Glacier was just, I didn't have the best time in Glacier, honestly, like if I'm being Mm -hmm. honest, but it was... Like, it was a good growing season for yeah. me. Like, it kind of forced me. Like, I think before Glacier, I'd been going to the parks a lot to escape and just kind of um, almost, like, try to be a different person. And then in Glacier, um, I had had a really, like, bad seasonal depression that winter before. <laughs> and it kind of followed me into the park. And it forced me to kind of, you know, look at myself and be like, wherever you go is where you are. Like, you know, you can't run away from these things and you have to acknowledge them. So while that wasn't, you know, that's not a super fun thing to experience, but it also, you know, it's good to do, you know, part of growing up. So yeah, I think I can't really choose one because they all three were such different experiences. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's a good answer. Um, When you spoke to like, you know, just the different seasons that you're, you're in like mentally, physically, like not only just being in a different like seasonal place, but like just a new, different season of life every time you go to a different park and just what you experience in that moment is like gonna you know, like shape you the way like differently than either the previous and the next experience that you have. And um, like I definitely, I totally understand. I think anyone that works in the parks understands that because um, I, I know for me, like being, um, I've gotten really big into like mental health and like mental health advocacy and just you know i definitely understand mm-hmm. um like just how, like those ups and downs that can be experienced and anyone will experience while they're in the parks um because like in places like um in places like the grand canyon that's open year round which you know there's not a whole lot of of options when it comes to year round like one spot year or parks that are year round open except for um, well, I know Yosemite, the Grand Canyon, Death Valley, or some. Uh, I, I don't. I can't think of any others. I know there's probably a couple, but like those year-round places, like there's like it's generally like you know 
you're living in that same place because some people do make it like a, a year round experience and do, I know people that have stayed at the grand Canyon for years. Um, and had kind of made it their, their career and their life there. So like you have like those kinds of people that, you know, experience that same thing or want to like stay there and kind of know what to expect and those ups and downs and whatnot. Whereas like seasonal, like true seasonal where it's, you know, you only have a limited amount of time in one place to work, to gain friendships and you're experiencing all these things. It's, it's so fast paced and so like, so driven that like those ups and downs kind of seem a little more emphasized, um, at least from what I experienced. Um, I had, I had my great moments and I had my not so great moments. Um, but I think generally like you, you understand that, uh, excuse me, that everyone, uh, goes through those goes through that in some capacity and you can confide or confide in those people like either for help or friendship or anything so um yeah i definitely i definitely see where you're coming at with that answer like how just everyone every single experience is different in its own way and it's kind of just it's hard to choose favorites um now me on the other hand i will say glacier is my absolute favorite just because (laughs) no really yeah i mean (laughs) I mean, I, I've yet to talk about it at all in any podcast episode I've ever done, but that's, that's beside the point. Of. <laughs> but I mean, like, but yeah, I'm, I'm mainly just biased just because, one, that was my first park experience. It truly changed my life uh, for the better. And, like, there's a reason I went back to it. Um, but I, I can't count the Grand Canyon out just because, like, I got to live, like, with one of my best friends and, like, become better friends with um, – with a guy that I like, I call like a brother and um, got to live, like we got to live together, shared a room. Um, get, I gained great career experience. Um, and just like, not like it goes without saying like how many people in their life can say, Oh, I worked at the grand Canyon for a whole winter. Like who, who can say that? Like, or, I mean, just obviously people can that have done it, but like how many people can go out there in general to say, yeah, I spent a season, a summer, a winter, or a year, a few years at, at this place and I got to enjoy it. So it's like, I can't discount the fact that I was in such a, a marvelous place that people like, some people save their whole lives to go up to these places. And like our experience is literally just working there and living there and being provided for there. So um, mm-hmm. I will say um, now this is just me and I've only been there once. Um, I drove through Yellowstone um, at the end of 2018 on my way back home because uh, we took a group uh-huh. down. I was not very impressed on my first drive. Okay, through. I have I have some beef with all y'all glacier people coming down to Yellowstone <laughs> and saying it's not pretty. First of all, <laughs> so it's just different. Like I don't know. Like Yellowstone is definitely more plain. Mm-hmm. Like you still have the influence of the yes, planes yep. whereas like glacier is straight mountains like you get a little bit of the planes on like the east yeah. side but yeah i mean i i have a uh, like something i've challenged myself with is seeing beauty in every place mm-hmm. like even when i was living in georgia or when i go back to iowa I'm like, okay, it may not be, you know, the Rocky Mountains, but like, I still like try to force myself to see beauty in those small places. So I think that's also my mindset and where I'm coming from. And I'm like, you know, it's just, it's just different, but it's still, 
is still super cool. Like I, I think for me the thermal features as well. Like, yeah. Eat it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely <laughs> see where we're going, and like I, I, Yellowstone's a place I need to go back to to actually thoroughly enjoy and to see what it has to offer. Because like I know, I mean the parts that we drove through were definitely like very gorgeous, but like you're right, like there's that level of comparison that we have in our heads of like where we go and how we experience things. So I know like, like still to this day, like places I go, um, I, I compare to like my experience in glacier, which I really shouldn't do. Like, like you said, you said, you said exactly right. Like there's beauty to be found in everything. Um, it's just like, you know, we experience these things and I've experienced like, like what I fell in love with. And it's like, Oh, like I, I'm always like going to go back to that as like my default. Cause like, that's what truly shaped me. I mean, for some places, like I think the comparison, like it's like really clear, like who's the winner. Cause like, like the, there's no comparison whatsoever between the quote unquote mountains of Pennsylvania and the mountains of Montana. Like these aren't <laughs> mountains out here. These are just rolling Hills. Um, but we have, we have the Appalachian trail. So we have that. We have like one of the most like sought out after hiking trails or um, cross country trails like out there. So I have easy access to that basically anywhere. And that's beautiful in its own way. Um, and I kind of forgot that um, when I got back home, both of my summers um, after coming home, because of my first summer in 2018, I came home in September 2018. I was like, this place sucks. I don't want to be here anymore. And I just dipped <laughs> out and went to the Grand Canyon. But, like, I didn't really have a choice when I came back the following year in September 2019. Like, I had to, like, stay and, you know, get a job and finish school. And, like, I kind of forgot. I was like, oh, like, Pennsylvania is beautiful in its own way. Like, it will still always be my home. Um, it's just two, two completely separate worlds. Um, so, it's, it's pretty much like comparison culture between between parks. Um just like how we have it in just the you know, modern day society comparison culture is just a crazy thing um, in itself. But, but yeah, um, I figure I figure there was like some some beef there from from Yellowstone to Glacier. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, at least when I was in Yellowstone, I didn't hear it the opposite way. <laughs> like, I didn't hear people in Yellowstone ragging on Glacier. That's fair. But you know to each their own and i will like i'll also give it to you that like that wasn't your first park you know right you were just driving through so i mean you know i'll give you a little bit of grace there but not not complete grace (laughs) i was blown away by like just like the uh the close proximity of like the elk and the wildlife like driving into the parking lot there's just elk standing everywhere because like um my dad and I growing like my growing up a hunt like hunting with my dad and also having a big bull elk head in our foyer as we speak, um, like to think just to see like a majestic elk in the wild like just like that just so close I was like dear God like this is amazing, um, <laughs> so that was really cool, um, yeah. But yeah, if I if I definitely want to go back to Yellowstone one because I feel like I need to see Old Faithful like I feel like that's the thing I, I have to do um did you not see it no we didn't we didn't really have time like we were it was uh it was like four of us um all driving through and like our goal we were making trying to make it to a campground in the tetons and like we were already it was already Uh sunset and it was going to be like 30 or so miles out of the way for us to go um to old faithful and then have to drive it back 
and like we were already running like we knew it was going to be nightfall by the time we still got to or just even later by the time we got to that campground so uh we just kind of forego it but we got to see some of mammoth hot springs which is where we uh kind of like parked at and like walked around for a hot minute so i at least got to see some of that but um what's really cool Mm -hmm. is like it's just how close how much closer like the tetons are to yellowstone which is awesome it's like just like a trip that you can just knock out like two and one definitely very grateful to actually go to the tetons and camp there and get a hike in there because um yeah that place is gorgeous oh my gosh i the tetons i always say they dredge your soul like you leave and you feel like you've had a spiritual experience really (laughs) yeah at least the way i see it i like i remember visiting the tetons for the first time and i i was like damn i like live and work and i love yellowstone but like the tetons almost take the cake like (laughs) i was like head over heels for those i just i think they're gorgeous like i yeah like i said they dredge your soul or at least my soul i mean they're just they're just it's just a good looking mountain range and i remember um one really cool experience that i'll never forget um so simple but it just blew me away because like i um our last night of camping i had to wake up early because i was going down to arizona to stay with someone else um for a weekend before i headed back home but like i woke up at like two o'clock in the morning left around three and it was just like full moon and like nothing but the silhouette of the tetons like as i was driving i was like (laughs) oh my gosh how majestic is this that's good stuff Yeah, that's something I love about the parks as well is, like, you appreciate a full moon. Yeah. Like, you don't realize light a full moon gives off until you're, like, in the woods and, like, you can't sleep because the moon's shining at you. And, yeah, it's super cool. So, yeah, I'll give a plug for um, the Grand Canyon Star yep. Party. I believe it's every summer. Um, yeah, it's you think you've seen, had good stargazing just go there and you'll have your mind blown yeah i think like almost any national park especially like like the canyon being like you know as developed as it is as a dark sky park so i mean you get to see the great like the milky way virtually every night um which is incredible mm-hmm. um the night sky is incredible uh same thing in glacier um i've heard like i know like at some points in the summer you can if you're at Lake McDonald on the west side, you like you can see like Aurora Borealis on some nights when like it, it hits just right. Um, I've seen pictures of it, but like I, n- I never got to see it in person. Which, I mean, I'm that definitely missed out on that. But um, <clears throat> when we were, uh, uh, what was the what was that most recent uh, comet or meteorite that like passed through of the summer? I don't know if you know. I can't remember it off the top of my head. I. I know it happened, but I don't know the name of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember it, but like we got to see some of that um, when I went out to visit um, Joe and Izzy in um, in July. We, we sat out in the uh, one of the docks by Apgar Village in Glacier, and just like we saw like the the trail end of like that comet, and like also saw some other shooting stars. Um, but I feel like any virtually any national park you go to, like that's what that's the kind of night sky you get, and especially if like you're a city person or someone from a developed area that's never seen that before. Like that's like, that's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Well, so another, my family took a trip down to the Grand Canyon when I was like 
maybe like around 12, 13. Mm -hmm. And so my sisters and I, we all grew up in the city. And so we see like the night sky for the first time. And like, we're just going crazy, like losing our minds. Like, oh my God, this is amazing. And my grandpa, who grew up on a farm in Nebraska in like the 40s, he was like, yeah, this is the night sky. Like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) What he was used to. Yeah, he was like, and I just, I think I'm, he can count himself lucky that he got to grow up with that. But yeah, my sister, like, it was just kind of funny, the juxtaposition of my grandpa just being like, yeah, this is what the Milky Way looks like. Like, haven't you seen it before? And my sisters and I being like, oh my God, no, this is so cool. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's like, especially like, I feel like in a place, I feel like the stars are slightly better in the Grand Canyon just because like when you look out to them over the Grand Canyon, like, that's an experience like in and of itself like in glacier like yeah like you're seeing them with the mountains and like it's still like it's just it's extraordinary but like it's like at the grand canyon it's the grand canyon like you're seeing <laughs> you're seeing the night sky over the grand canyon which is like kind of like it kind of i feel like and, and like personally it does kind of outmatch my my bias of like glacier so i think it, i think the grand canyon has the edge um on that uh that part of the spectrum Mm-hmm. yeah yeah each park has like it's it's one thing that you're like oh, I don't know if I yeah I don't know if I can compare it it just yeah everyone should just visit all the parks is the basis of this story yeah I mean basically if you if you wanna if you think you can ever like go to a national park you can just make the effort to do it um, you can mm-hmm. you can actually work in these places you don't have to just visit them like if you or looking for that kind of like work or like looking for that kind of experience, like you can do that. Cause I feel like, I feel like, um, I think I know I've talked about, about this with so many different people. It's just how like we're working in these places, but I, I don't think like tourists or visitors realize like, you know, like how easy it is for it to actually get a job in those places and to work there. It's much easier than a lot of people think, which I mean, less, I mean, we had like, we had our own ends like getting into the park and getting set up there. But I mean, just the process of getting a job and being able to work in these places is much easier than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of figure out what job you want, what parks offer it, what the house, like what your preferences with housing, you know, just kind of play that little Jenga game until you find your park. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there any park that you like if you could go back into the park circuit and work at a national park at this moment what park would it be like what park would you want to experience like a seasonal um, life in so i actually okay hold on i have two answers okay and they're on different sides of the country so the first one is acadia national park I actually like wanted to go there back when I wanted to go when I went to Yellowstone like I've never really been to the northeast and so it's just kind of fascinated me as um a part of the country I've wanted to go to see and so I think Acadia would be one and then Olympic okay the other so both kind of like sea (laughs) coastal parks but yeah I think those two would be it yeah I mean I I think those I you were you were fit, you were setting up to to go to Acadia at at one point like earlier this year, weren't you? 
Yeah, I was. And then COVID, with COVID coming through, they couldn't guarantee work hours. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to come unless there's work. So, yeah, COVID kind of squashed that. But, I mean, Breckenridge isn't like a horrible plan. Right. (laughs) You're still in an awesome place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I was supposed to go there. So, yeah, but we'll see. I still got, you know, it's still kind of in the back of my mind, you know, and ruminate on it figure out ways to do it so yeah. we'll see what happens yeah i think you can definitely still make it a possibility um because I, I mean i i would love to go up to I'm, i've also been like fascinated with the northeast because the farthest north i've been here on the east coast is michigan um like i've never even been far well actually no yeah michigan's the north like the most north i've been to new york city and like new jersey but um nothing like farther than that so i've always wanted to go up to coastal maine one for Acadia and one also for lobster. Um, Cause like mm, that's, yeah. I got to experience that at some point. Um, and it's really not, it's really not that bad of a drive from, from where I'm at. It's about like 10 and a half hours to get up to Maine um, or get up to Acadia. So like, I mean, if I ever have an extended weekend, like where I can do it, um, I'm definitely going to try and make it up there. Uh, you and the blonde bombshell should have a camping trip. up there. We should. I, I, I would definitely <laughs> talk to my lovely blonde bombshell um, <laughs> about doing that because like we've we've talked before like it'd be we would would love to do a road trip uh, somewhere together to experience someplace uh, once COVID stops you know turning off the world but, mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's definitely like um, in high high regard for the future I have been to Olympic um, I've been to like the rainforest section of it which is really cool because like. It's Olympic that has like you know the four like, um, it pretty much has a blend of all four like major ecosystems, um, like in one park. I got to see some of the mountain range of Olympic. I'm not certain like what like area of the park I was in, because like mm-hmm. it was just part of like of a long road trip or a national park road trip I did like a couple of years ago. But um, I did get to see like a, a wide like mountain range of Olympic and see some of the major like peaks, which was really cool. Um, but I think for me, if I had the option to experience a new park, a new seasonal job, um, I would love to either go to Yosemite or the North Cascades. Um, I've been to the North Cascades before and got to hike, um, still one of the, one of the, like the most beautiful hikes I've ever been on. Um, and it was the, uh, what, what, it was the, uh, Cascade Pass Trail in North, uh, North Cascades. Um, absolutely stunning views. So I think that would be a cool place to work, but also like just to experience Yosemite, like I I need to get out there eventually just to experience that. Yeah. People talk about it in such high regard and yeah, it just, it has this aura about it and you're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta check it out. See what it's all about. Yeah. I, I taught, um, for a week in Holden Village, which is a, like a Lutheran retreat center up in the Cascade Mountain mm-hmm. Range. And yeah, it was gorgeous up there. Super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a cool spot up there. I think, didn't, um, was it Iowa that just like named the national park within the last year? Indiana. Indi- okay. It was the, it's the Indiana Dunes, isn't it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Iowa, unfortunately, is one of the states with the least amount of public land. <laughs> So <laughs> there's not a lot of, um, yeah, park stuff going on. But you got corn. I, but 
yeah, we got corn and uh, uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like you're, yep. you got something going for you. Yeah, agriculture. That's about it. <laughs> I think if they, if like if there ever gets to a point where we can make a national park out of a corn maze, like Iowa's the place we got to go. Yes, yes, I agree. Even though the Corn Palace is in South Dakota, so that might give us a run for its Wait, money. Corn Palace? Yeah. Have you not heard of the Corn Palace? No. Yeah, it's um, yeah, a structure made out of corn, and uh, it's in South Dakota. I really want to know where this is in South Dakota, because I drove through South Dakota, like a good portion of it, and heard nothing about we have this. The we have the power of the internet. Let me... Let me see. I can. Corn Palace. Oh, it's coming up with Iowa. Maybe there's multiple. It's in Mitchell, South Dakota. I wonder, like, how. Because I drove through. Uh, let's see. I drove through. I drove through Wall and the Badlands National Park. So, Badlands and uh, Wall, South Dakota. And then saw Mount Rushmore. So I was in that kind of area. I don't know how far away that is from any of that kind of sector. How well, let's see. Well, I don't know. It's on, it's like west of Sioux Falls. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess next time on your road trip, you can stop by the corn stop palace. Stop by the corn palace. That's yeah, just gonna be like that's just gonna be like one of the dumb things. My girlfriend's gonna shake her head out for me saying that I want to go to go to uh, do that sort of thing because I was just talking to her. I was facetiming her right before I got on the phone with you, and um, I was telling her about how uh, there's a. Um, I don't have you ever heard of destruction rooms? No. So it's basically like not. like people have like started businesses where like you can come and pay a certain amount of money and you can pick out or they'll give you like certain like objects for you to go into a room and just break. So like they'll let you like give you like uh, a VCR, like electronic items, like glass items, and they like give you this protective suit, give you a bat and say, All right, go for it, like like have at it, just break everything. They like, clean up everything for you. So it's like the ultimate stress relief. And like I was telling her, I was like, oh, I think it'd be really cool. Like if we go do that. And she just thought it was like such a dumb idea. I'm just like, but like you're missing the point. Like they they clean up the mess for you, so that you don't have to. It's like, I mean, I feel like it's kind of worth the money. So I think between yeah. that and then telling her I was gonna like donate plasma to, for money. Um, she's really just shaking her head at me a few times, but I mean, what's wrong with the plasma? That's what I'm saying. Like one, it's a good cause <laughs> Two, I get money out of it. The holidays are coming up faster than the normal. So, I mean, extra money is not, not a bad thing. So, yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. I see. I tried to donate plasma, but like my blood pressure was too low or something, mm. or like they, they were having trouble, like my veins were too small or it just didn't work out. I was a little salty because I was like, this is like a really lax way to make a couple bucks. 
Yeah, it really is. But you have to do it like on a frequent basis to make to like, you know, get a good amount of money out of it. Like I know they tell you like you pretty much like you really should like donate twice, at least twice, because that's like where like the uh, the benefits of being able to like to use it for research and for like, you know, don't like donors and stuff like that, like where it comes in, or, like just for medicine in general, like the more they have of it, like the more they can actually sample off it from what I understand. So um, you kind of have to do it a few times to like one get like the uh, the medical value out of it, but also like um, to make some money off of it. Not saying it should be like I'm encouraging people to go out here and just be like use it as a source of income to go donate plasma left and right because like it is a good it is a good thing like it's a good thing to do for the advancement of medication and whatnot but it was just like it was just an option that I saw I was like hey I need money for the holidays coming up so I mean why not <laughs> might as well yeah. People could use donating plasma for in between seasons. There you go. That's an option. Yeah. I tie it back in. There we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Donate plasma. Donate plasma today. <laughs> yeah. We are not sponsored. We are not sponsored whatsoever. <laughs> we'll put that out there. <laughs> um, so, Allie, what. Um, what would you say, so out of all of your park experiences, what what are some ways that your experiences have shaped who you are today? Oh, I put a lot more priority on like having access to the outdoors <laughs> and just like making sure I spend time outside. And then like when I was a housekeeper in Yellowstone, like, I, you know, you're dealing with trash and, like, picking up after people and stuff. And so, you know, I'd be picking up trash and then I'd look outside the hotel room and see this, like, gorgeous view. And so it, just the connection of, like, the waste we produce mm-hmm. and how it and then the environment and impacts was, like, super clear that entire summer. And so it's definitely made me more environmentally conscious and just about how much waste I produce, where that waste goes. Um, I'm really into composting. Like I have a worm bin for composting. Yeah. And um, Breckenridge also has like a, um, like community drop off for composting. And so, um, yeah, that just, I don't know. I feel like my eyes were just open to the impact that we have. And like, we have such, like these places have legal protection for a reason and just um you know if they didn't we'd probably destroy them so oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it gave me uh you know an appreciation for just uh and just a passion for you know certain places should be protected and you know the outdoors should be more inclusive and just all that all that good stuff and yeah yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing I definitely agree with is that my time in the parks have made me more environmentally conscious. Um, we recycle here at my house, so I try to like adhere to that as best as I can. Um, working in the Grand Canyon, fun fact, they don't give out straws. Um, you you legit have to ask for one because they don't really make them available um, anywhere you go. So I got so used to like not drinking anything with like, I'm, like drinking anything without a straw. 
Um, so like pretty much anywhere I go now, like I don't use a straw unless like it's already stuck in the drink and I just like, you know, I just use it, but just like those little things, you know, save the turtles, whatnot. Um, yeah. So yeah, like environmentally yeah. conscious. Um, I think one surprising way that my experiences have shaped me is um, I grew up like um, hunting with my dad. I used to go hunting quite a bit when I was a kid um, and definitely enjoyed it. Um, still miss I haven't done it in, in years or gone out in years and I do kind of miss it but I think um, the parks have made me appreciate wildlife so much more um, like seeing them in like their natural habitat and their natural beauty um, and like also like my own personal frustrations with how people try to interact with like wildlife and like try to get that best possible photo which like in a mm, way yeah. i understand Talk about it. i, I definitely i kind of understand um like you you see that that kind of thing in in parks like glacier or yellowstone or the grand canyon uh, or just any national park rather that like you know wildlife is abundant and you know you may never get to see a grizzly bear in your life again so i completely understand wanting to take that photo opportunity but some people just do not handle it very appropriately or correctly, like either getting too close, um, kind of like crowding around, um, things of that nature. Um, so I think that along with, you know, just seeing these animals and this the wildlife in their natural habitat, like just made me appreciate them so much more. And like, I just, I'm not against hunting now, but like, I, just, I don't really seek after to do it just because I, I feel much more strongly about like see because having seen the beauty of wildlife in their natural place like means more to me now and like I enjoy that more um, in that aspect. So um, I think I'm kind of like leaving leaving hunting behind in that aspect. But um, that was just kind of one surprising thing I, I think I pulled out of the parks and didn't really expect myself to find um, having such a perspective on um, or such thoughts about. So. Um, I think those are two two main things, like the environmental aspect and also the wildlife aspect. And just like I think, I mean, these experiences shape like how we view the world and the areas around us in general. Like you were saying, you saw the beauty around you as you were doing your daily job, um, and like you've learned to acknowledge the beauty in everywhere and everything, um, and. I think these places teach you to live more simple lives, like to live like without mm-hmm. less stuff because um, most places you're stuck in like, you know, a room with four or three or four other people that are, you're all sharing the same space, sharing the same closet space and drawers and whatnot. So you learn very quickly how limited you are on space and like what you can account for. And plus if you're traveling between these places, like packing up your car, and whatnot like you can only fit so much you can only pack what you can um in your vehicle i mean i had my my little 2005 toyota matrix stuffed like to the brim with stuff that i knew like it like it just that just taught me it's like to live to live basically and to like enjoy what i have and to be able to work with what i have um mm-hmm. which also helps the environment because you're like consuming and throwing away less stuff exactly exactly yeah yeah great point um so with with all this in mind do you plan on going back into um 
park life or seeking out like a seasonal job in the future or what are your future plans now that you have like your degree in or your master's in divinity um you said you were hopefully trying to find like a way to bridge the gap between that and also um like a role in the outdoors so what are kind of like your future plans as far as like involving the outdoors or the parks and you know what kind of direction you're heading in yeah um that's a good question. <laughs> I guess I'll I'll share the sort of spitball ideas I have for now. Um, I would like to go back in the to the parks um, for one or two more summers, um, and then you know kind of come back and ski for the winter because skiing is awesome. Um, but I would I'm interested in maybe doing some international seasonal work oh. with maybe New Zealand or Australia. Um, the thing is, I heard that the visas are easy to get under 30, and I'm 26 now, so I'm like, oh, I get you. Yeah, you know, got time left. Yeah, so, you know, but, you know, at the same time with COVID, you're kind of like, what's going to happen there? So we'll see. But um, as for using my degree, I would really love to do environmental consulting for churches. Um, yeah, like there's such scripture like there's such scriptural basis for god caring about the earth and um i don't see why all churches aren't leading the way with environmental changes um Mm. (laughs) and so you know just um like for basics like doing research for churches on like recycling composting in their area to helping them search for grants to be more efficient with their water or perhaps get solar panels because like the excuse i hear a lot is like well money it's like okay well you you should put your money where your mouth is and like mm. <laughs> again there's scriptural basis for caring for the earth dang calling it um, out like it is but like you got you make yeah you make such a good point though because that's kind of where my mind went is like you know like churches being nonprofits, I mean, they obviously have like, you know, put money towards certain things and certain missions, but like if they have like, you're right, like there is scriptural basis for that. Um, and if they're like, they should be willing to at least like put money towards that kind of like that kind of a mission within their own uh, operation. So it's definitely doable as long as it's just like, you know, especially if, you know, I think, I think it's a wonderful idea if you just like go in there and just, are able to go around and just like offer kind of like consultation and like on the environmental aspect of churches operations and like those kind of organizations. So I think it definitely, I would love to hear if like, you know, if you end up getting into that, cause I think that'd be such a cool thing to follow and see how that kind of uh, would play out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's, it's sort of in the idea stage right, right. now, <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of trying to discern at what point it's appropriate to get into it. Cause if I still want to do some more seasonal work, like, do I want to start, try to start a more of a career step yeah. or permanent career step? So, you know, kind of balancing that out right now, but yeah, that's like you said, I don't see why it can't just be another branch of ministry. <laughs> like I just, in my mind, this is not revolutionary. Like, again, I don't see why <laughs> every church isn't doing this. But yeah, I would just um, 
I'd love to do that. I, I'm also, I have an interest in teaching. So um, yeah, that's also a possibility. Yeah, just kind of got a lot of thoughts. We'll see where I land. <laughs> yeah, no, I think those are all like great ideas. Um, I'm sure like one way or another, you're, you're going to find like a blend of either the best of both worlds or, you know, just something that like you hone into that you can really just, you know, hit the ground running with and go towards. So I think, I think you're definitely going to find something here eventually. And like, I definitely give you much kudos and much respect for wanting to go to those outlets. And um, I definitely wish you the best of luck on um, seeing all those through. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. Like I said, we'll just kind of see what happens from, from all the, all the thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they start out as thoughts, turn into ideas. And, you know, if you want to make it, they'll turn into reality. So um, mm-hmm. I think you got the right the my mindset there for that. Um, but I think we're somewhat approaching um, the usual time limit or the time that I um, kind of make out for the podcast. But before we kind of end, um, I would love to hear some of your own, like, personal, either funny, sad, weird, or favorite park experiences or memories that kind of really stick with you or like ones that you think of that will be really neat to share. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm like running through <laughs> the list in my head. <laughs> like, is that appropriate to tell? <laughs> is that one appropriate to tell? Um, yeah. At one of my seasonal jobs, um, the employees before me had built like this little hut out in the mm-hmm. woods and um we would like go out there to hang out and um like have a beer or something and one time we went out there and the people who before us had hung up like sheets for insulation and someone had we were there in may and we found a case of pbr in between a hanging sheet and the wall of this little hut and someone had left it there in the fall and it had sat there all winter <laughs> now that the snow had melted there was this like free case of pbr just like in the woods <laughs> and it was just, like the coolest like most random like blessing i suppose you could say um that <laughs> we found and so like we just like cracked open a bunch of pbrs and like watched the sunset over the mountains and it was like it was yeah like just that sort of stuff just happens all the time in seasonal life and it's part of what makes it so enjoyable like you know you're cleaning a you know in the morning you're cleaning a toilet that smells like the cow barn at the Iowa State Fair and then you find a case of <laughs> in the evening you find a case of free PBR in the woods <laughs> so I feel like the cow like the cow barn at the Iowa State Fair and Pat Luberman can be connected somehow um just because like i don't know if there's like that kind of demographic but i feel like there's a connection there to be made but that's that's oh for sure that's <laughs> that's hilarious but yeah you make um you make a good point i mean i don't i don't drink personally but i know i've always hear i never hear bad things about people you know just you know having a, a brew or two and watching sunset or sunrise like that's i feel like that's something that a lot of park employees actually do or seek after do and just take that moment in to do so so um 
Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. funny. I mean, they were you were blessed by just the random six pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What I will say about like watching the sun sunrise or sunset is, um, especially the sunrise. Like you're out there, and it's cold, and you're like, when is this gonna happen? And then all of a sudden, like the sun rises, and it's just like it's beautiful, and like the colors are mm-hmm. amazing. And then you realize this happens every day. <laughs> like yes. every more like like you think you're witnessing something that like you know only happens a couple times a year and then it hits you you're like this happens every like i don't know just the simplicity That's of right this beauty happens every day yeah it's super yeah it's super no cool. you you are absolutely right i mean one of the, probably like the best park photo i've ever taken and like i took it on my iphone 6 it was an iphone 6 at the time i was up at like nice. six it was just after six o'clock in the morning right there on the lake at many glacier hotel and like all the mountains were pink and the, the water was crystal clear not a ripple not a wave anything like no wind it was calm and there was just a perfect reflection like it was like two worlds like you know your upside and like your downside like there's perfect reflection of like the entire mountain range with like that pink color and I still have that picture and shout out to Kayla Long for actually painting that picture for me on a canvas because it looks absolutely stunning and I have it on my wall here. Um, but yeah, one of the best photos I ever took of a sunset. And uh, Joe has a really good one too that I swear he could sell and make like royalties off of it as like a Windows background. Um, I think Is that the one? The it has the hotel in it because I think he posted it on his Instagram. Maybe I'm pretty sure he does have it on his Instagram, and there you might be able to see the hotel a little bit. But he hiked up um, Swift Current Mountain and caught the sunrise, oh. like like edging around the valley, and it's like it's just so stunning. Mm. That's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Oh, nature is just hella neat <laughs> oh absolutely i mean i just yeah i love it I, i'm just gonna sit here and complain about nature and say nature sucks that's all i'm gonna do that's that's what yeah. this podcast is about yeah just come yeah don't don't bother to go outside don't go outside just, nope not beneficial at you're all. gonna have <laughs> much better time at new york city in the middle of december i guarantee it or august in uh disneyland there, yeah exactly those places are much better than outside yeah dear, dear god no <laughs> i hate new york city with a burning passion really i've never been um but i would want to go in december actually oh, if i, I were mean, to go i mean that's all you i was there in december um around christmas time and like i've never had like legit like panic like in a social setting but like the amount of people that like i was walking through and like just the crowd like, I thought I was going to have a panic attack because I was, like, on edge the entire time with how many people were, like, just walking the streets, how crowded it was, how busy it was. Um, yeah, I, I was very, like, on edge. Uh, really, the only thing that I wanted to see, or two things that I wanted to do while I was there was, one, I wanted to see the uh, Wall Street Bull, which I did, and then I wanted a genuine slice of New York-style uh, pizza. And it's still, like, one of the best slices of pizza I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well hopefully the pizza was worth it even if it was your panicking oh it definitely was i also got to go into the uh the macy's like the big macy's store they have there that was actually pretty neat 
because uh, that place is just humongous. Um, I saw the Rockefeller tree, uh, which is, you know, it's like, eh, I saw it. I don't really need to see, need to see anymore. It's just a giant, giant tree. I've seen giant trees before. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, it's like, mm-hmm. but yeah, so Allie, um, I think that kind of just wraps up for for today. I mean, just kind of just reintroduces the podcast again to get the get it going and get it fired up again. Um, I don't know if like there's any like like last comments or anything you want to add as far as what people can expect in the podcast or as far as like where we're kind of going from here. Because I, I know we're still definitely going to be like throwing out ideas and talking about it, you know, and we got like a general idea, like what we're going to do, but just as far as just leave like a, like any comments or notes you want to leave on before we uh, jump off. Yeah, I guess in terms of the podcast, um, be on the lookout for our social media, probably uh, Facebook and Instagram, if you're on those. And then, um, yeah, just get super hyped to hear my voice in the next yeah. <laughs> podcast as the host. Absolutely. And do you have your, um, I think you have, you said you have someone picked out that you want to talk to, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I still need to contact them. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I've got some people in mind, so. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Definitely can't wait to hear, hear that and just be able to listen to an episode that, um, is from a different perspective in general. So, um, Allie, once again, thank you for one, for helping out and reaching out to get this started again. Uh, major kudos to you, um, for wanting to help out, but also just for taking time to chat and introduce yourself. Uh, it was fun to, to catch up with you and learn more about you. Um, definitely tell Eli, I said, hi, tell him we need to chat again sometime. But other than that, um, we'll just wait till, the next episode where we get to hear you and get to hear your your take on the Parkies podcast yeah thanks Dalton for taking me up on the offer and having me on this episode yeah absolutely Um, all right well I will let you go but uh have a great rest of your evening have a great rest of your week and then we'll just keep in touch about where we're going yeah sounds good you have a good rest of your evening as well thank you all right have a good one Alex All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, that was my chat with Aldi. Um, I hope you guys got to get a little more information about her, get to learn about her, because um, you'll definitely want to get comfortable with her, because like I said, she's going to be hosting some episodes. She's going to be um, helping out with a lot. So I'm really grateful that she is willing to help out and is, you know, going to be, you know, interviewing people and just opening up the network of people we get to talk to and hear experiences from, which is kind of what I started this podcast all about was to reconnect with people that I missed and just share park experiences. So she's going to do the same exact thing. She's going to do great. Um, I'm really excited just for, um, any ideas or anything that, um, we put out, um, over the future. So yeah. Uh, thanks again, guys, just for one supporting the podcast, uh, two, just for being awesome. Um, I see all my park friends out there that are either in the parks or, you know, succeeding at life elsewhere. So kudos to you guys. You guys are awesome. But, um, I don't know who Allie has lined up for the next podcast. 
We'll try to announce it on social media when we get to that point. But up until then, take care, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Parkies Podcast.